Have you ever been suspended like from school or your job or maybe your driver's license has been suspended? <laughs> what do you do with that? How do you spend your time when your time is taken away from you? Well, I haven't been suspended yet, but I did get kicked out of class once. Maybe we'll talk about that today. In addition to hearing our guest story on today's edition of the What's My Story podcast. Let's do it. Hey y'all, what's happening? Robert Kennedy III here, RK3, that's me. Welcome to another episode of the What's My Story podcast, a show where we talk about how you go from there to here, where we hear fantastic stories of our guests, pivotal moments in their lives that led them to the success or that lead them to the success that they enjoy right now. But before we jump into our episode, just a reminder of a few things. Number one, if you want a little bit of motivation, elevation, and inspiration, join us on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight Time, whatever time it is on the East Coast of the United States of America for the Monday morning get up show. I know it says 8.30 right here. We got to correct that graphic, but we want you to join us at 8 a.m. Mark your calendars, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight Time, Eastern Time for the Monday morning get up show. Next thing. Really quickly, a couple of months ago, we had a phenomenal session. We had what was called the Story to Stage Summit. We had speakers like Delator McNeil, Lois Kramer, Tom Schwab, Kat Dunn, Kirk Nugent, Diana Gladney. We had a phenomenal group of people that came together for the express purpose of helping you to grow your visibility, attract your ideal audience, and generate more income using the one thing that's unique to you, and that is your story. That was the Story to Stage Summit. If you missed it, don't worry about it. I got you. There are replays available that are still valuable that are going to help you rock your business right now. So go to storyskills.club forward slash summit right below me somewhere here. All right. Storyskills.club forward slash summit. And be sure to grab the Story to Stage replays. All right going to be, it's going to be valuable to you. It's going to bless you. Trust me. I believe it will. <laughs> All right. If you are wanting to get the audio version of this podcast, the what's my story podcast, we go live every Monday at 1 30 PM Eastern. But if you want the audio version every Thursday morning, 7 AM, we release the audio version. And if you want that, you can just go to what's my story podcast dot live. What's my story podcast dot live. I want to share something with you as well. I think I shared it. Actually, let me go back to this camera here, right? On the 22nd of May, uh, I am approaching a milestone birthday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So on that day, we are actually doing something amazing, something fantastic. You see, we believe that there are many youth, minority youth out there that do not always have the opportunity for education. And then there are many that have ideas and dreams that they don't have the opportunity to develop. So I'm a big believer in education. 
but also a huge believer in entrepreneurship. And so we want to make sure that as many opportunities for dreams to be expanded and lived out and executed are available for, for youth. And so we're doing what is called the Mission 50 event on May 22nd. It's a 100-mile bicycle ride. Yes, 100 miles. So myself, quite a few other people are going to be joining to, to do this. And so we would love your support. If you want to come out and ride with us, if you're in the state of Maryland, Virginia, close by, come on out and ride with us. If you're not close by, you can still support this cause by going to rk3.live forward slash mission 50. Okay, rk3.live forward slash mission 50. Support the dreams that are that are that are there still and the stories that are yet to be told. So make sure that you get set up. Go to rk3.live. It should be down here somewhere. All right. Listen, let's get to our story for today. My guest today is Cam F. Awesome, and he's an Emmy-nominated uh, speaker, six-time USA national champion, former captain of the USA national boxing team. He's been featured on ESPN, Washington Post, Fox, and now he's a keynote speaker on the topic of resilience and championship mindset. Let's talk to Cam F. Awesome and hear his story. Let's do it. Cam F. Awesome. How you doing today, my friend? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, man. It's so glad. I'm, I'm so glad. I know we connected previously. We've had a couple of calls where you've shared your story and I love what you're going to share today because it's, it's, there are a couple of things in it that are really neat that I really want people to be able to pull out. But before we get into that, what's the most exciting thing that's happening in your world, like right this moment? Uh, well, actually, I'm in I'm in uh, I'm in Las Vegas right now. Uh, my girlfriend and I decided to come down here and uh, check out a few shows and uh, and walk around in good weather. Yeah. Uh, so that that's uh, that's kind of what's what's going on now. I'm super excited about it. Happy Excellent. to be here. Excellent. And, and, and I won't ask you why you're there because what happens in Vegas, you know, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, what's weird is I don't drink and I don't gamble. So wow. we're just, we're just here for vegan food and shows. Wow. Okay. I want vegan food and shows. Let's go to Vegas. Okay. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, listen, I, I, I love your, your backstory here. And so I want to help our audience learn a little bit more about you by going back. So we talked about you being one of the captains for the USA national boxing team, but you didn't start out boxing at a young age. Tell us a little bit about your start in boxing. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Long Island, New York, and I was, uh, I was, I was overweight. I was, I lacked confidence and I didn't have the language for it at the time, but I dealt with, I struggled with anxiety. Uh, I didn't know what anxiety was, but I knew it that from elementary, from middle school, I would volunteer in the nurse's office because the lunchroom would freak me out uh, with that many people around. Um, and I was getting bullied. And I, I thought that if I were a big heavyweight, if I would, if I was a boxer, I thought people would stop picking on me. And luckily, the only free gym in my neighborhood, the only one I could afford was a boxing gym. Uh, I tried out for football, basketball, soccer. I never made any teams. Uh, but the boxing gym, I automatically got to be a part of. So at 16, I joined the joined the gym. And because I had nothing else going on for me in life, uh, I wasn't good at school. I knew I wasn't going to college. Uh, I thought the school system wasn't a good fit for me. Uh, 
and I, I yeah, that's a whole nother story. But uh, I did uh, put everything I had into boxing because I had nothing else. And within two years, I qualified for the 2008 Olympic trials. And that's like almost unheard of. Uh, granted, I lost the tournament uh, the first day, but even qualifying to that point was a big deal. And uh, I realized if you dedicate yourself to something and you don't hang out with your friends, you don't have friends, you don't do anything else besides box, you're gonna be better than everyone else. And I became to be obsessed pretty quickly. So after losing the 2008 Olympic trials, uh, I continued boxing. A lot of people quit. I won nationals in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. I was able to be on a plane for the first time and be able to leave the country. I traveled the world because of boxing. And in 2012, I won the United States Olympic trials to represent uh, our country in the London Olympics. And that's became when I became not the third, not the second, but the first boxer in United States history to be suspended and kicked off the Olympic team for not filling out paperwork. Oh, let's before before we dive a little bit deeper into that. So I, I want I want you to f to fill in the gaps there for us. But there's something interesting that you said just now. You said that you were able to focus on this because you literally felt like you had nothing else going for you, right? And Malcolm Gladwell talks about this in in Outliers, the whole idea of you know ten thousand hours, being able to really lock in to something yeah. to to achieve mastery. But what how do you advise somebody maybe who is who maybe has other things going for them but wants to be great uh first of all you, you can't want to be great and want anything else wow so if you're if you really want to be so i want to be great at boxing what i did was i i sacrificed every birthday every holiday for maybe four years in a row i spent my thanksgiving in paris uh, which sounds amazing, but most people understand you don't, they, they don't celebrate Thanksgiving in Paris. So for right. four years, I got to watch my friends and family spend time with their loved ones while I ate fast food from a hotel in Paris. Wow. Now, it sounds great to be in Paris, but some, most people aren't willing to sacrifice those things. Yes, Paris sounds great, but you willing to miss your mother's birthday? You willing to miss, because uh, high school students realize this in boxing, Golden Glove Nationals is the same week that their prom normally is. Wow. So you have a choice. Do you go to fight in Nationals or do you get to dance to Will I Am for a little bit? Like, <laughs> which choices do you want to make? Now, if you yeah. if you choose to, to go dancing, you can't be mad later on in life when you are not as successful as you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I understood that from an early age. Wow. Uh, Michael, you, you said the 10,000 hour rule. That was actually my philosophy in boxing was the 10,000 hour. I didn't understand that at the time, but the reason why I'm the winningest boxer in the United States history, I've won more boxing matches than anyone else, not because I'm better. I've had, I have 40 losses, right? The only thing that makes me the wingest is I just was never discouraged. And I just kept fighting. Right. Uh, I've won over 40 boxing matches. Uh, I've won over 400 boxing matches because I put myself in the position to lose 40. Wow. 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 I love, I love that. I mean, I'm, and I think we hear some of that repeated as we think about some of the people who we call goats or the greatest of all time in the, in their sports. We, we hear Michael Jordan talk about, you know, that taking 10 and 10,000 shots, but only having a certain number of, of game winners. We, nobody remembers all of the ones that you missed. Right? Here's something that, 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 uh, that people don't think about. We, yeah. we talk about what is Michael Jordan's greatest moment? Like, what is the moment we all talk about? 
I mean, there's several of them. I think they talk about the Craig Elo shot. Uh, the great, the, the game six moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Michael Jordan's like his biggest moment. Everyone talks about the game six. Everyone wants, well, you know, kids there, the basketball court, that the free throw line, three, two, one, Jordan game six. And they yep. take that shot. But a lot of people don't realize that for Jordan to have that game six moment, he had to lose two games in the series. Yes. Yes. No one wants to take those two losses before they make that game six shot. Wow. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the loss here. So you've been training all this time. You missed the Thanksgivings. You missed all this stuff. Uh, and your focus is the Olympics, right? 2009, 2010, 2011, you're training and you're like, yes, 2012, we're doing this Olympics thing. And then that's pulled right from out underneath you because of something. So tell us what happens there. So when you when you're an Olympic athlete, you sign a contract with USADA, United States Anti-Doping Agency. Yeah. You have to let them know where you're going to be at all times for random drug tests. Right now, uh, background on that, they don't test you for coke, weed, meth, heroin, any drug that I know of. They don't test you for what they do is they test you for steroids. Mm -hmm. uh, they showed up to give me a random drug test in my home in Kansas City. I had left the, the country to fight in Azerbaijan a country over by Armenia. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to tell the drug testing agency I was leaving the country. They showed up to my house to give me a random drug test. I was in Azerbaijan fighting in a tournament which I was drug tested to fight in by the same drug testing agency. Now, this has never been a real infraction. Athletes have done this before, but this was a few months after Lance Armstrong went on Oprah. Oh, and USADA decided to make an example out of a few athletes. Right. I was one of those athletes. Granted, I've always completed as a clean athlete. I tested positive. I have records showing that I tested positive that same week. I just forgot to send a simple email. I missed a small detail and lost everything. Wow. Wow. So what, what did that lead to for you? So you, you, you're training for all of this, this time with the hope of the Olympics, and, and it's all pulled out from underneath you because of something seemingly correctable, seemingly simple, but they're making an example out of you how do you how do you deal with this when when you finally come to the realization that omg this olympics dream this thing is not going to happen uh so, so uh the first thing is shock i thought i could fight it because i had i was very confident when i found out i was like oh i have a test showing negative that same week i'll right. be okay uh and after i wasn't okay i got suspended i lost i lost all my sponsorships i lost my number one rankings and my sponsorship my sponsors paid for my house. My sponsors wow. paid for my car. My sponsors paid for my food. My sponsors paid for my cell phone. I was essentially, they, after I got suspended, my sponsors called me and said, hey, don't bother coming home. Let us know where to mail your stuff. Wow. And I'm like, I don't know where to mail it. I don't have a home. So I uh, had to mail it to my friend's house and I slept on my friend's couch. I, was, I, was, I dealt with depression for, uh, for, for, for a while during that 2012 time gained a lot of weight, was doing a lot of drinking. And uh, funny enough, the way I got out of it was I, I was a I was a personal trainer because I needed to do something for money at the time. And I was doing boxing fitness classes. And uh, in my depression, I gained about 70 pounds. Wow. So uh, being an overweight personal trainer is not the greatest business model. But I was doing <laughs> what I could. Wow. Wow. Uh, one of my clients were vegan. And he, he, he was losing all this weight. He was looking great. And I was like, what's your secret? He's like, I'm vegan. I was like, oh, I'm not interested in that. Never mind. Uh, 
Then I actually lost a bet to him and had to be vegan for 28 days. Wow. And the, the diet, I had to follow the 28 day vegan challenge and the diet also entails sobriety. Mm -hmm. So losing this bet is what got me so sober. And when I became sober, I realized what a negative person I had become during this suspension. Wow. And I realized I wanted to return back to boxing, but yeah. I didn't like who I'd become. So what I decided to do was symbolically kill off the old me. Okay. So and before you go into how you killed off the old me, old you, um, I want you to take us through what that symbolism, what that ceremony was like for you, and then what you did next. But before you do that, let's go to a break, quick break. Are you a content creator, speaker, or thought leader? Do you pull your hair out every time you try to edit a video or get really disappointed when your videos don't get the views you're hoping for? It's okay to admit that you need help. If you're ready to stop wasting time and start spreading your message, it's nice to meet you. I'm Kayla O'Brien of Kayla O'Brien Media. I help creators in a variety of businesses get a foolproof game plan for their video content. Does that sound like something you want? No matter where you're starting from today, you need to know what your goals are how to get the highest production value, and how to edit your content to fit correctly on each platform. No matter what your budget, there are options that can help you get started today. If you're ready to take your content creation experience from this to this, visit kaloobrienmedia.com and let's connect. Yes, we know that content creation is huge. If you are a business owner, if you are online, if you are trying to get more eyeballs on your stuff, then you want to make sure that you are creating content that causes you to stand out and is unique and really helps present your brand in the way that you want it to. So get some help. Get Kayla O'Brien at Kayla O'Brien Media to hang out with you and help make you look fantastic. Let's get back to our story. All right, so you have this situation where you are suspended. You don't get to go to the Olympics. You go into depression. You gain 70 pounds. You meet a vegan client that you are training, or you meet somebody who's vegan, and you they, they give you this bet, right, that's, that you've got to do this 28-day challenge. So tell us now about this symbolic shift or this this get, getting rid of your old person what did you do what, what did that look like for you uh the first the first thing i did was uh i had to change my way of thinking i had to change my way of living i was eating junk food i was drinking after i became sober i realized i couldn't do the same negative things i was doing and expecting to be a positive person right. uh, and i realized people want change but they're not willing to change and i've learned the greater change you're willing to expose yourself to the greater change you're going to see in an outcome yeah. Uh, so I wanted to make a whole new version of me. And I did that. The first thing I did is I went to city hall and I legally changed my name to cam F awesome mm -hmm. to kill off the old me. And the reason why I chose awesome as a last name is because it is very difficult to be a negative person when your name is Mr. Awesome. It is a <laughs> reminder that anything I go through in life, even though it's negative and you can, you can easily point out the negatives in it. There's a silver lining to every cloud. And having the last name awesome is a reminder that I need to find the awesome in every situation. How did people respond to your name change? Did people start, you know, I don't know who he thinks he is type of person. How did people respond to that? 
so at first I thought, you know, being Mr. Awesome, it comes off as real cocky, but it, it, it turned out well. I threw an afterbirth day party. Right. Uh, I threw it on my half birthday, uh, which is February. I was legally born August 16th, 1988. I did my half, the half birthday on February 16th, 2013, when I legally changed my name, threw a party at a local bar and invited a couple hundred people out to celebrate the rebirth. Uh, and, and it was, it was a, a great showing and, and it was, here's the thing. I think everyone should change their name if they want to make a major change in their life. Think about all the times, like all the different people who've made a major change in their life, whether they became sober, whether they decided to become a whole new person. How does everyone else know that you've changed? Mm-hmm. They don't. So what people do is when they change, they just stop hanging out with the people they know and love because the people they know and love no longer know them. Right. But by changing your name, you literally reintroduce yourself to everyone you know, and you let them know, hey, I'm a new person by a new name, and you're going to respect me in a different way. And I'm, I'm, I get to reset different boundaries for myself. Wow. Wow. So, so is, is that challenging, though? So when you, when you maybe relapse in some way. So I'm thinking about, okay, so you've got like, I don't know, Ron Artest going to meta world peace. Um, you've had, you know, world be free back in the day. Right. Yeah. Um, if, if you go from your birth name to this, this new name, and then, you know, you have something that challenges you in that yeah. new space. How do you deal with that? Do you just, you know, do that old person routine or, or celebration or symbolism? Again, how do you deal with that? Like dealing with if something challenging happens as Mr. Awesome? Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, when you're Mr. Awesome, I, I believe happiness is completely intentional. And I do yeah. specific things to make sure that I am always happy. Now, gotcha. I'm not happy 100% of the time, but most of the time. And things that I do is uh, I do my gratitude journal every morning. Right. I practice positive, positive affirmations. My name is literally a positive affirmation. Now, recently i just i found out uh a couple weeks ago that i had a career ending eye injury and as mr as as who i was before i would have been upset i would have been frustrated i wouldn't know what to do but as mr awesome i understand that i have a career ending eye injury i can no longer box but what i did have is i had one of the most amazing careers in the history of boxing i was able to travel to over 30 countries i have friends in countries all over the world I haven't had a conventional job since I left Waffle House at 18. There's so many things for me to be grateful for. The fact that I can't box anymore, man, I'm grateful that I had a chance to box. So what I'm doing now is I'm teaching athletes as a speaker how to build a platform for them, use their platform of sports to build a career for themselves for after sports. And that's the way I'm helping athletes. So the way my eye injury turned out is the way I would have looked at it before was, oh, no, but this the way I look at it now is, Oh, I have a new opportunity to do something great. Let's see what it. I make of it. I love it. And so this is this. So you're constantly having to pivot in some way. So when you had the suspension, you had to kind of pivot and uh, remake yourself, not just as a as a boxer, but I I think you mentioned that you turned yourself into an entertainer or or performer yeah. after that. Tell us about you know that that pivot and and maybe what happens in your mind when you are forced to or choose to make those pivots based on your life circumstances? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of times people understand that they're supposed to pivot, but they're afraid to, so they stay in the same position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when it, was, when it was time for me to 
uh, so in 2012, when I was suspended, I didn't have a job. I didn't have an income. I didn't have, I don't have any degrees, any certifications. Uh, so I decided to have a backup plan that would be more secure than boxing. And I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, which in itself is funny because it's not, I didn't make any money doing stand-up, uh, (laughs) but I would always speak at schools. I would always speak to kids at schools about bullying and, uh, and things that I went through. And I realized instead of doing comedy at comedy clubs, I can do them for the students. It's free stage time. And Malcolm Gladwell said 10,000 hours, the more I'm on stage, the more time I have. So I started performing comedy, our comedy shows at school assemblies. And each joke has morals and messages attached to it. And I realized I'm going to use my platform on the stage to build a career for myself for after this, after sports. So in 2013, after I returned to boxing, I reclaimed my number one spot. I reclaimed my spot as captain of the USA national boxing team. I won nationals in 2013, 14, 15, and 16. I won the 2016 Olympic trials, but the entire time I did that, I was building my speaking career. Wow. Because when I retired on July 4th of 2016, I decided to go into speaking full-time. I went to the Influence NSA National Speakers Association Conference and decided to build my speaking career there because I learned something in 2012. I learned that never, not everything is there forever. And I right. needed to have, I needed to be able to get my foot off of first to be able to steal second because you can't steal second with your foot on first. Love it. Love it. It reminds me of something I, that, that I said this morning in 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 our monday morning get up show and we said you can't swim if you're only going to put your foot in the water <laughs> yes i love that i love that you got you got to go all in i love it man so listen wrap us up here by telling us not only where people can find you but how how you work with people how how you can serve them uh so r- right now uh i'm i'm booking uh speaks corporate engagements i Uh, Speaking on resilience, building a championship mindset through resilience, I'm also a diversity consultant. As captain of the USA national boxing team, I travel to over 30 countries as captain of the US, and this is where I learn to connect with people of different backgrounds. So I take these same communication skills and I help audiences learn them. Uh, So doing motivational speaking, uh, speaking on resilience, building a championship mindset, doing diversity training. I'm also a youth speaker speaking on resilience and uh, never giving up. And if you want to find me, you can find me at camfawesome.com or at camfawesome on any platform. Cam, that was fantastic. Really appreciate you being here. Hang out in the green room for just a couple of moments while we wrap this segment up. I don't know about you, but if you have a challenge that happens in your life, what is it that you are prepared to do? Are you prepared to go all in? Are you prepared to get on a stage and grab a mic and be a stand-up comic. Are you prepared to decide that you are going to do what it takes to figure it out, maybe while you're sleeping on your friend's couch for a few weeks, to move to that next space of life? Or are you just going to sit there and let the world give you the one-two combo? Listen, you're equipped. You have what it takes to make it. You have what it takes not only to be special, but to be awesome, to be amazing, to be unique. And the world is waiting for you to relate those experiences because there's somebody that's watching you. There's somebody that's seeing your challenge and they're looking to see how you navigate that challenge. And based on how you navigate that challenge, it gives them the courage and the strength to be able to navigate their own challenge. Your story is transformational. Your challenges make a difference. So, 
everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Remember, your stuff is your story and your story. Yeah, your story. It deserves a stage. So get on out there and tell it. I'll see you on the next episode of the What's My Story podcast. Peace.